Welcome to a series of talks about objective consciousness, an objective universe, and an objective way to awaken. Expanding upon the works of George I. Gurdjieff and Russell A. Smith. This podcast is part three of chapter seven of the audiobook of The Blueprint of Consciousness. In this episode, we look at the obligatory gap aspect of the unbroken flowing of the whole and examine the effects on our lives of our own parental and ancestral major oscillations, leading us to choose our own path and to navigate a midlife crisis, as told through the story of a little American Indian boy. Let's begin. The Blueprint of Consciousness An Accelerated Path to Awakening By Russell A. Smith Chapter 7 Traversing Suspended Continuity Part 3 All life is conditioned by the parental major oscillation. If we were girls, mum would be the one teaching us how to cook, how to sew, how to clean, how to dress, what makeup to wear, how to apply it, etc. Most of our proclivities, up to the age of 20, would have been instilled in us by our parents. If we lived to be 72, instead of 80, it would have been up to the age of 18. Then, when we reached the age of 18 or 20, we would hit the gap. The famous, obligatory gap aspect of the unbroken flowing of the whole. It occurred when we left home and headed off to college, drank some beer, went on dates, and stayed up as late as we wanted. We had no idea of what to do with the rest of our lives, nor how to do it. Because, before that, most of the decisions concerning our lives were made for us by our parents. However, at the age of 26, our own major oscillation was ready to begin. During the gap, we were supposed to figure out what we were going to be when we reached 26. What were we going to be? Bricklayers, veterinarians, or accountants, etc. By the age of 26 and two-thirds, we were expected to hang up a sign that read Joe's Gardening Service, or whatever. Unfortunately, That is not what usually happens. A lot of kids come out of college having no idea of what they want to be. However, the diagram of oscillations shows us that by the age of 26, their major oscillation is destined to begin. An oscillation that will carry them through the middle third of their lives until they reach the age of 53. 
However, the chart also shows us something else. It shows us that when human beings reach the age of 40 and are at the midpoint of their lives, they will experience a critical moment and start asking, Is this all there is? Is this my life? Is this all that I am? People call it the midlife crisis. It is when the major oscillation of their grandfather is supposed to enter their lives, the oscillation of their ancestral line. An oscillation that will put them in contact with the higher meaning of things, of being more than just the product of their chosen professions. They are to begin the pursuit of something greater, something that does more than just pay the bills and puts food on the table, something that takes them in a spiritual direction. This happens at midlife. From then on, up until the age of 53, they are in the Harnal Eut of their lives. They are in two oscillations, their chosen profession and the search for higher meaning. There is a competition of sorts going on in them. Then, when they become too old to do their chosen professions and are solely under their grandfather's oscillation and the search for higher meaning, which is supposed to sustain them until they reach the age of 70, the second obligatory gap will appear. Hopefully by then, they will see the oasis, be pulled across the gap, and go beyond. The intervals, Mi Fa and Ti Do, are only notable because they are gaps between oscillations. As Gurdjieff indicated, this last particularity of the sacred law of Heptaparaparshanoch is absolutely certain in this given case. That is to say, on the piano, but uniquely in consequence of the fact that if the vibrations of me and T are produced in a, a hermetically sealed room, these vibrations either cease instantaneously, or else the notes me and T, by reason of the momentum obtained from the first shock given for their arising, undergo involution and immediately cease. That is to say, as soon as the note Mi reaches the note Do and the note T, the lower Fa. This indicates that things can move in the areas of oscillations, but get stopped at the gaps. Now, Russell likes to tell stories, so I'm going to tell you one of his stories. It is the story of a little American Indian boy. To give the story a bit of pizzazz, 
we will make you the little American Indian boy. Are you ready to be a little American Indian boy? Okay. Back in the day, many moons ago, the life expectancy of an American Indian was probably about 60 years. So, we will adjust your octave of 80 years accordingly. During the day, who do you think cared for you as a young child and as an early teen? Who watched over you? Your parents were not there. They were off fulfilling their obligation to the tribe. So, who raised you? My grandparents. Your dad was out hunting, and your mum was out gathering nuts, berries, and grains. Your grandparents were too old to be doing such things. So, they stayed in the camp, and cared for the babies, the children, and the young teens. That is why, in cowboy movies, the elderly were the only adults in the camp when the cavalry attacked. It was just them and the children. So, again, who raised you? My grandparents. Your grandparents. You were with them all day, every day. For years. At dusk, your parents came home. You loved your parents and were greatly influenced by them. You were, after all, under the major oscillation of your father. One day, you excitedly ran up to your grandfather and said, Guess what, grandfather? Tonight, when father comes home, He is going to show me how to track a rabbit. Your grandfather smiled and replied, Oh, my little brave, that is great. But life is not about tracking rabbits. See the spirit of the mountain, the spirit of the eagle, and the spirit of the forest. Smell the earth, my little brave. And you said, Yes, grandfather, that is really cool stuff, but tonight I get to track a rabbit. Later that evening, your father came home, kept his word, and showed you how to track a rabbit. Days later, you once again ran up to your grandfather and exclaimed, Grandfather, grandfather, guess what? Tonight, when father gets home, he is going to show me how to make a bow. To make a bow! Your grandfather again smiled and replied, Oh, that is wonderful my little brave. But life is not about making bows. See the spirit of the bear, 
the spirits of your ancestors, the spirit of the mountain, and the spirit of the eagle. Smell the earth, my little brave. You said, Yes, grandfather, that sounds really nice. That is really wonderful. But tonight, I get to make a bow. This continued, week after week, month after month, and year after year. You kept running up to your grandfather saying, Tonight, father is going to teach me how to ride a pony, how to make a knife, or how to throw a tomahawk. Every time you did, your grandfather smiled and replied, Oh, my little brave, that is wonderful. But life is not about riding ponies, making knives, or throwing tomahawks. See the spirit of the mountain. Listen to the wind. See the spirit of the eagle. The spirit of the forest. The spirits of your ancestors. And smell the earth, my little brave. Do you see what was happening? During your youth, your grandfather was telling you about higher things, higher ideas, and the higher meaning behind life. Ideas which you had little interest in. You were interested in riding a pony, in making a bow, in tracking a rabbit, in making a knife, and learning to do the rain dance. Those things would be taught to you by your father as you were under his major oscillation. In addition, if your father was a tent maker, I bet he took you with him to watch and later to make tents, didn't he? And by copying your father, you learned the skills of tent making. That is why there are class systems in the world today and people adhere to them. A son learns the skills of his father. You learnt tent making. But that did not mean that you would become a tent maker. Indians got to choose. There came a time after going through some ritual of ascension, that you had to choose. You could no longer be a little American Indian boy, staying in the camp all day long, safe in your teepee, coddled and fed. You had to become a contributing member of the tribe, and someday become a brave. Let's say that happened on your 15th birthday and they sent you off into the forest for 30 days by yourself. And if you survived and made it back to camp, you would then begin the journey of finding your own path. You would no longer 
be under your father's major oscillation. Instead, you would spend the next five years of your life making your own decisions. Trying this, trying that, and honing your skills. During that time, you would be trying to figure out what you were good at, what you loved, and the path you would walk. Five years later, on your twentieth birthday, you are called before the elders to proclaim your chosen way. You proudly stand before the council and say, I have chosen. I want to be a hunter like my grandfather, not a tent maker like my father, but a great hunter like my grandfather. It has been 20 years since the day of your birth. During the first 15 years of your life, your grandfather may have raised you, but you are under the major oscillation of your father. And it was your father's duty to prepare you for today. Then, you spent the next five years of your life on your own personal search. Finally, the day of days has arrived. For on this day, you become a brave. Today is the day you choose the path of the hunter. It is a proud day for you, for your father, for your grandfather, and for the tribe. Everyone is dancing and cheering. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo! Little Brave has chosen to be a hunter. Little Brave One, the hunter. The next day, you get up before the rest of the tribe and head out into the forest to go hunting. Your major oscillation has just begun and will continue for the next 20 years of your life. That first day, all day long, you chase just one deer. You chase that deer until it is so exhausted that it cannot run anymore. Finally, you are able to get close enough to shoot it with an arrow, hit it with your tomahawk, or wrestle it to the ground and stab it with your knife and kill it. You sling the deer over your shoulders, around your neck, and head back to camp. Arriving at dusk, you swagger as you walk slowly into camp with that deer slung around your neck and throw it down in front of the scores, proudly proclaiming, I am the hunter. From that day forward, you are on the hunt every day, 365 days a year, for the next 10 years of your life. By the time you are 30, 
at the prime of your life. You are one incredible hunter. You know every trail, every pasture, and every watering hole. You have also mastered every tactic, every technique, and every hunting skill. Because you have been chasing deer, boars, bears, and rabbits for the past ten years. How many thousands of hunts have you made? You are thirty years old. At the prime of your life and are a very good hunter. However, something else is supposed to happen at that moment. Something else is supposed to begin. You are supposed to start questioning the purpose of your life. You are supposed to ask yourself, Is that it? Is this all that I am? A hunter. Is this all there is? Is there nothing more to life than just being a hunter? Is this all that I am meant to be? You look back at the last ten years of your life and ask, For the next ten years, am I going to be nothing more than what I have been for the last ten years? At that moment, the moment you start to question your real purpose in life, an eagle flies over and screeches. You look up to see the eagle and spy the mountain and wonder why the eagle chose that particular moment to fly overhead and screech. The eagle has flown over before but in your moment of questioning what life is about, it flew over just then. Did Grandfather send the eagle? After all, he used to tell you stories about the spirit of the eagle. He must have sent it. You again look up at the mountain and begin to think about the spirit of the mountain and the spirits of your ancestors. Is your grandfather's spirit watching over you? Why did grandfather tell you all those things? Then, when no one is looking, and for the first time in your life, you scoop up a handful of dirt and smell the earth. And, at that moment, the oscillation of your grandfather enters your world. The world in which you are a great hunter. Thereafter, every day, while you are out hunting, you take time to commune with the spirit of the bear, the spirit of the wolf, the spirit of the forest, the spirits of your ancestors, 
the spirit of the eagle and the spirit of the mountain. After all, as a good hunter, you have ample time to accomplish both. And now, two separate oscillations are transpiring in you. Gurdjieff called the space between So and La the Harnel Ayut, where two oscillations are present, and you now serve both. In life, things try desperately to stay what they are, even when they are being acted upon by something else. They do not give up easily. A simple model would be this. If some jungle farmer had some little pigs in a pen made from wooden stakes, and if a snake came slithering through the jungle and got in the pen through the wooden stakes and swallowed one of the pigs, the snake would be trapped inside the pen because with a pig in its belly, it could not escape through the stakes. Of course, the other pigs are squealing and grunting because a predator is in their pen. The farmer hears the commotion and comes running out with his machete. He sees the snake, kills it, and cuts it open. When he does, there is a possibility that the pig is still alive because the pig wants to stay a pig even though the snake is trying to turn it into a snake or a fish in the belly of a whale might stay a viable fish for some time before the digestive juices finally take away its fishness and turn it into a whale. Or you can take a potato, leaving its eyes. Do not blind it. Put it in hot water for a bit. Take it out, plant it, and it will still be a viable potato. And grow. Things hold on to what they are. You understand. The potato does not want to give up its potato-ness. It does not just say, Oh my, hot water. I give up. I am done. No, it says, I am a potato. I am a potato. I am still a potato. And although the hot water is acting on it, it does not give up so fast. It wants to stay a potato. But there comes a moment when it finally succumbs to the hot water, gets cooked, and can no longer grow. In your case, the pursuit of higher things was like the hot water. It acted on your hunterness as you took time to listen to the wind, observe the eagle, watch the bear, 
see the mountain. Think about your ancestors and smell the earth. Then, when you reach 40 and are at the end of your major oscillation, that of being a hunter, and are too old to chase deer, you will become the grandfather. Then, when your grandchild runs up to you and says, Guess what, grandfather? Someday, I'm going to be a great hunter like you. You are going to smile and reply, Oh, my little brave, life is not about hunting. Look at the spirit of the eagle. See the spirit of the mountain. Hear the spirit of the wind. And sense the spirits of your ancestors. Smell the earth my little brave. You will then pass on the wisdom of the ancestral line to your grandchild, just as it was passed on to you. Your grandfather's oscillation will solely carry you into your golden years until you are in touch with nature, the spirits of your ancestors, and in harmony with the world around you. You will not be just some cocky, full-of-himself, retired hunter guy, but a wise old man with a plethora of higher things. Okay. Your grandfather's oscillation has successfully carried you beyond the age of 52. You are well-grounded, fine-tuned, and awake. Hopefully, you will see the oasis and make it to the happy hunting ground. That is the way every octave in the universe works. Every octave fills three major oscillations its parents, its own, and one coming from its ancestral line. By the way, the diagram that we drew on page 134 of Cosmic Secrets kind of looks like what? What do the oscillations look like to you? A treble clef and a bass clef They kind of look like a treble clef and a bass clef. I wonder why. I wonder if the clefs were drawn to actually depict the oscillations and the gaps. Russell did not put that in his book. But, oh my God. They are pretty similar to both the treble and bass clefs, aren't they? That concludes today's podcast. If you would like a chance to read the whole book, The Blueprint of Consciousness, An Accelerated Path to Awakening, which is available as a high-quality 520-page hardback, and also as a PDF download, 
simply visit the store at our website, thedogteachings.com. The Blueprint of Consciousness contains an objective exercise in awakening that has literally awakened hundreds of people. Be free. Be awake. Be real. And realize your full potential as a human being. On our website, you'll be able to listen to other talks, obtain diagrams, animations, supporting videos, and much, much more. In addition, you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook under The Dog Teachings. And, as a reminder, we have two Zoom classes every Saturday to assist you. Level 1 is freely available for anyone who purchases the Blueprint of Consciousness. And the other is for those who have obtained the Master Exercises and the Double or Nothing Exercises. See under Resources slash Zoom Classes for more details. All at thedogteachings.com That's T-H-E-D-O-G-T-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-S dot com Goodbye. Until next time.